You're listening to the Owner Build podcast, where each week, Paul Hemming from C-Link interviews experts on how small and medium-sized developers can level up their business through intelligent construction management. So, Jason, you will note that uh, Liam is not here today and you are stuck with uh, my less than dulcet tones. I have effectively been handed the keys to the podcast. And today it will be just me and Jason, uh, Jason Farnell, who is joining us again. And sadly for me, Jason is joining us from his impressive new home office, which he showed me not too long ago. But it's also a home office that comes with, how are we going to describe it, Jason? A lad's room, a playroom, a boy's room? What, what are you calling it? Games room, yeah. Games room. The games room. And what have you got in there? Uh, we've got the bar billiards, the uh, dartboard. Haven't yet got the backgammon over here, but uh, I think that's enough to be going on with, enough to play with. Oh, and the dance set. Got the dance set and the vinyl in there just to spin a few singles. It sounds, you're making me more and more jealous every every time you tell me more about this, uh, this setup you've got. And has it been, I'm guessing, given that it's, March 2021 and COVID is still here. It hasn't been properly christened. Just uh, just you giving it a uh, yeah yeah. Time just in. just some um, running in, if you like, just a bit of light use, just to uh, test all the the amenities. Yeah, make sure the beer is cold in the fridge if there is any beer. Well, the brood the brew dog order is coming for him, correctly. Uh, it's on its way. Yeah, it's on its way. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm very jealous, as I've told you before, but good for you, Jason, that you've got that all set up at long last. Yeah, at long last. Yeah, so today we wanted to focus on vesting certificates, of all things. We, 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 tip, we typically do a really focused scenario with you, Jason, where we, we say a specific case on a specific project and we explore that. This time round, it was more to think about uh, vesting certificates in a little bit a bit more generically because there's so many different con- contexts where they could be used. And to give us some place to start, let's imagine that we are a property developer acting as a principal contractor and that we are regularly being asked by our subcontractors, by our suppliers uh, to make advance payments for materials offsite, wherever really. And it's easy for us to understand the need for this, but we want to make sure that we're, we're managing the process in a low risk way, uh, always doing it as we should. And really, I mean, there's many means to do this. You can, there's stage, I've heard about stage payments. I've heard about advanced payment bonds. There's all kinds of different bonds, but the one that keeps on coming up is vesting certificates. So what exactly is a vesting certificate? When should I use it? Tell me about it. Okay. Well, vesting, I mean, is the literal meaning is to clothe in legal entitlement. When you vest something in somebody, you're transferring ownership to them. So that that is what a vesting certificate is all about. They're, they're distinct from advanced payment bonds or uh, other forms of on-account payments and things because a vesting certificate is specifically aimed at goods. And for, typically say if you had precast concrete planks or precast concrete beams or something that were being manufactured off-site and clearly you're not in a position to take them because you're perhaps in the ground, you're doing piling and pile caps. There's nowhere on the site because that's all taken over with the excavations and stuff. But you need these things to be ordered and start to be 
paid for because obviously they're, they're expensive items. And, and that's a classic situation where you'd um, entered into a vesting arrangement with the manufacturer. Why use a vesting certificate instead of an advance payment? What's, what's, what's the nuance between the two? Advanced payment is, it might be say, look, I've got to do some design work or I've got to commit to purchase some raw materials and I need some money. Whereas a vesting certificate is specific to the items that you're manufacturing. For the sake of argument, if somebody were to approach you and say, look, you want me to provide a load of sawn timber in various lengths and various thicknesses, I want a vesting certificate it wouldn't apply in that case because you've got to be able to uniquely identify the goods that the vesting certificate applies to. So if you had a pile of timber, you could sell it to me, you could sell it to the next guy, you could sell it, and the description will be exactly the same. And when you come to look at it, you'd say, well, that pile of timber looks much the same as the pile of timber that you apparently sold to the guy next door. Um, Whereas if you say um, you've got these going back to the precast concrete um, beams, which have been designed specifically for your scheme, which suit the loadings, match the engineer's drawings, you can't use them anywhere else other than the scheme that you've drawn them for. And so- Yeah, they're, then, specific, to my, they're specific to my project and my needs. So Exactly. And so then you can vest them into my ownership, is what, is what we're saying. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're transferred in the ownership, but it's- the process, when you talk about it, is quite convoluted, but it is for good reason that you've got to be able to clearly identify the goods as being for your scheme. So by reference to drawings or by reference to um, a unique job number. So you might have to go to the manufacturer's works and say, right, fine, where are my planks? How do you... Um, identify them in your system when you're doing the manufacture so that you can tie up precisely with the units that you you have had manufactured sadly when i was a uh, junior trainee qs working for a curtain walling contractor we we were doing vesting it was for an off-site it was for a project where we were doing a lot of materials producing a lot of materials off-site for a bomb, bomb blast materials that had to be deliver, delivered just in time but obviously we needed to create a backlog um, and there we had specific panel references taken off the drawing. So panel reference EWSO 1.1, EWS 1.2. And I had to be in my junior level at that time, the person to actually stick on the um, materials. This is the this property is the ownership of our client at the time. And it is this, this and this. And then we were paid specifically for those materials alone. It's funny that you should say, as a junior surveyor, this is what you were given to do. And, and I think you're probably right. It would be passed down to a junior, but you can't um, underestimate how important it is to get this right. Because are you, you know, saying you, I was probably getting? Are you saying I was getting it wrong, Jason? Is that no, I was saying you were getting it wrong. But <laughs> I'm saying that they give you a lot of responsibility in terms of identifying the stuff because it's, it's got to be. A, identifiable, so that you can say, those are my goods. If the manufacturer went bust, I've got a certificate here to prove they belong to me. They've got to be stored appropriately so they don't get damaged. It's no good saying, oh, I've been to see the stuff. And then the next day said, oh, well, I reversed over it with a forklift because it's just in a corner of the yard. So it's got to be put somewhere appropriate. It's got to be insured. It's got to be labelled so that when you go back, so there's, you know, there's no no question about it those are our goods so getting all that right to vest that responsibility 
in a young With trainee me. surveyor. A young trainee surveyor they must have thought very highly of you, Paul. Oh, you've, you've managed to wangle your way back into my good books here, Jason. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure how you were going to do it, but you've managed, you've managed to do it. I guess we have to recognise that we're talking here as QS to QS, right, uh, Jason? And, and perhaps we're already getting a little bit technical here and some people will start saying, what, what on earth are they going out on about in terms of the certain nuance and jargon that we're using? I guess primarily my question would be, given that we're trying to consider the SME-style developments here, what is the benefit of considering a vesting certificate and how could you use it intelligently as leverage or as a way to reduce your cost? Is, is that something that you can do? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff um, packed up in that question because, unfortunately, it's about failure. If a supplier were to go into receivership, and you know the, the um, administrator closed the gates and said nobody's coming in until I get an assessment of what's in there. Then having a vesting certificate would say, well, actually, I've paid for those goods. You, you, you can't just lock me out of those because they belong to me. The, the downside of not doing it is if you didn't have any proof and you've passed the money across without any security, effectively, your claim isn't recognised as being the owner of those things you'd have to go and pay for them again. You'd have to go and arrange for another manufacturer to make them. So the downside is you might end up paying twice for the stuff. Yeah, so, so, so I guess it's a really good way. If vesting certificates are something that you can do, it's a process that you know and that you understand uh, and that you, you can manage well, then they are a very good way to say to contractors, look, we can, uh, as part of perhaps trying to negotiate, better economies on the overall price. You can say, look, we can do vesting of your materials off-site. We're happy to do that. That will help with your cash flow. That will bring through forward payment by 30, 60 days, whatever, whatever it would be, rather than paying you when the materials are on-site. So for that, it's a, it's a very positive thing, and it can actually help you to drive down your overall construction cost. Where the, where the pitfall with it, if, if pitfall is the right phrase, is more that, you have to manage the process correctly because if you're paying for materials off-site, you need to have absolute clarity exactly what you've paid for and then that you own them and that you can access them because if you don't and if they're not insured, etc., many things could happen that could then mean that you actually have to pay for them twice. Sure. There's no substitute for having the stuff delivered to you, to your premises and having them under your control. No doubt about it. But if for the sake of argument, you're on a tight site, as you said, with um, just-in-time deliveries and that sort of thing, then clearly, you know, you're not going to be in a position to do that. But it is also um, in instances where, say, you need to order something like lifts or curtain walling panels, which you're not going to be in a position to do, but the manufacturing period might be nine months then it's no good waiting until the site is in a position to receive them because otherwise you're just extending the duration of the project. So you need to be able to um, acquire them and pay for them um, at the time that gives the, the manufacturer opportunity to make them for when you need them on site. So it has got a lot of uses. Yeah, and, and, and so it is useful regardless of... I mean, we've talked about curtain warning, we've talked about precast, we've talked about lifts, right? There's lots of different products which we know have big long lead times and there's uh, you want to secure them and you want to get favorable terms so is it fair to say then that 
the vesting certificate isn't always the most appropriate and you need to have the team around you to manage it but you're there are going to be lots of cases where you're asked to pay for materials up front and in advance and it is the safest way to do it would you say or the best way to do it for manufactured goods that are unique to your site yes if you i mean curtain walling is an interesting thing because if you've got a panelized system where the panels are unique to your job that's one thing but if you were buying a stick system where all you're buying is miles and miles of components from the manufacturer and the subcontractors assembling them on site those components by definition they could be used on any number of different sites so and, and that that is where you start to get into that is appropriate for vesting but the stick system that's not you know because it's just and then you get into well you know there's a demand for these things if i don't get an advance payment then you're not having them or you'll be going to the back of the queue and that's when you might start to look at bonds or or even getting renting areas renting in on big schemes that quite often happens off-site storage area and so that you bring them into your control and um you know when you need them they're there rather than been at the mercy of the manufacturer or the supplier. Okay, and and so just to kind of conclude this little section, really, what we're what we're saying is that vesting certificates are very good. Perhaps more appropriate when it's a more bespoke product that is totally bespoke to your project, and it's easy to identify that. So you've got to have that in your armory to be able to do it. But payment bonds or advance payments can be used where you're looking to perhaps secure more like bulk materials or something like that that for that is more appropriate to use the advance payment yeah i mean if for the sake of argument you wanted to have quarry from a, a stone from a particular quarry and it's going to be dressed and and um, fit it on site say it's a random rubble sort of uh, construction then it's just a a bulk of material but the the quarry owner might say well if you want this stuff from this particular quarry you've got to start to uh, fund it off-site and, and that's when you get into some other sort of um, arrangements i wanted to take a quick break from the show to share a message from our sponsor c-link c-link is software designed to streamline the process of subcontract procurement it's a platform that helps SME developers and main contractors stay agile whilst replicating the commercial scale and savvy of large contractors. If you want to save a guaranteed minimum 5% against budget construction costs on your next project, head to www.get.c-link.com podcast to find out more. If you're driving or working out right now and didn't catch that URL, don't sweat it. We've included the link in the description box for this episode. Now, let's get back to the show. I said I wouldn't give you a situation, but I'm going to give you a situation. Because one of the reasons I wanted I wanted to talk about this was because I was speaking to a property developer who is building this 10 to 15 million pound this overall project some very high-end apartments and they started speaking to c-link and our business 60 to 70 percent of the way through their project now these very high-end apartments with all kinds of 
obscure products. High-end high M&E, high-end granite, high-end marble, everything you can imagine to live in a house as lovely as yours, perhaps, Jason, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, the problem that they presented me with was that they had actually made significant payments in the hundreds of thousands, possibly in the millions for various materials that were off site, still hadn't been delivered. And they were getting very, very nervous about what was the best thing to do. Now, what would the best thing to do be in that situation? Would it be to pivot to vesting certificates? How, how, how would you manage that situation? Sell your shares, move up. <laughs> I, I expect when you're talking about the type of materials you're talking about, there would be overseas supply. I think some of them were actually uh, national. Some of them were on the continent, yeah. Some, some were domestic. So um, first thing, you, you've got to go to where the stuff is supposed to be and make sure it's really there. I mean, th there's nothing. Or when I worked with contractors in the past that had international arms, I mean, we quite often bring up the international office and say to people in, in the particular country, would you mind going and inspecting this stuff? Much as you'd send a, you know, a Paul Hemming as a junior out, you'd send somebody to go and just see if it's really there. That's the first thing. You've got to build... But what if it was unquantified? What if they just said, we need a payment of £50,000 to secure the materials and uh, we'll be on site in... This is the situation. I've paid you in January. £50,000 for some materials off-site. You're meant to be starting in March. You haven't started in March. It's now April. And I have, I've paid for the materials, have yet to see them transpire. What am I going to do about it? And it sounds like, it sounds like a daft situation, but this is a, a, a very real life. I don't know. I, I've seen people do this all too often. I, I would hope that you've got some sort of security, either in the form of a bond or a bank guarantee or something. But if you if you just passed across money on effectively a trust basis, hopefully you're dealing with a company that is at least UK rate uh, based or has got a UK subsidiary, so that you could pursue recovery of the debt. One of the things that I find surprising is how casual people are about payments in terms of certificates and paperwork to demonstrate what's been paid across. I, I've got. I had an adjudication this week and the guy is sending me bank statements to show monies that have flowed out and what have you, because that was the best evidence they had of what they'd paid across. Wow. But, you know... So, it sounds like a similar type of situation here on the well, statement. You, you need to start to um, build an audit trail on certificates, letters, agreements, and anything that will evidence that you've actually paid it across. And worst case comes to the worst, you'd have to pursue that as a, um, as a, as a recovery of a debt. If you haven't put your security in place and um, you've not got what you've paid for. I guess going you, back you to what we were saying in part one of this conversation is perhaps a little bit green, a little bit naive when I've been asked or we, we, we're going to deliver this granite or we're going to deliver these kitchens or whatever, but I have to have a payment in advance. And I've just said, it's in the contract and I've paid something. How could I have managed that differently? Should I have gone for the vesting certificate at the start? Is is that where now we are actually saying, 
besting certificate or you've got to have a security of sorts otherwise you are just well you, you're you're relying on trust and spending money out at risk um with no security against it if it is things like granite which if it were granite that were being made into um say uh wash hand basins that were unique to your project that'd be one thing but if it was granite for worktops that could be then vesting wouldn't be appropriate. You're talking about raw material. In that case, you'd be looking at a bond or a bank guarantee. I mean, on-demand bonds, I read an article the other day that on-demand bonds are on their way back. And that is the type of thing where you'd say, right, fine. And the bondsman would put up a bond and, and you would have a legitimate call if if the, the goods aren't delivered at the time when they say they would be. And you say, well, I've paid the money across. And, and that, that would be... But, I mean, in a situation where you've got no security, no vesting, you've got to start to build that audit trail to be able to demonstrate because you may you may have to prove that you've actually paid the money across. So the contract is for 100000 and in the contract it says make an advance payment of 50%, so I've paid 50000 Is that security uh, that the contract calls for it? Again, you've got to, I've got an adjudication on my table that I've got to write a decision for before Easter, exactly on this, where the parties started on a letter of intent, monies were paid across on the letter of intent, then they entered into a JCT contract, and they put in new articles to say that the balance of what they called, anyway, it doesn't matter what they call it, but the balance of a sum of money, which was due at the time that the contract was signed was payable within 14 days from the date the contract was signed. It's still not being paid. One party is trying to say, well, actually, you know, I'm relying on the contracts, it's there. The other party's throwing his bank statements at me and saying, well, look at all the money I've paid him, it's in there somewhere. And and of course, I, I mean, I'm not, not being unkind to emerging developers, if you like, but they are quite casual. It's like this is a case in point where the contractor's put in an application for say £150,000 and the developers paid in 50 grand here, 25 there, another 10 the following week. Nothing that matches up to the applications, in, you know, discreetly. If you add it all together and say, well, it's in there somewhere. and But that is quite often the case with, as I say, businesses that are growing, um, haven't got procedures um, and, and are a bit casual in their approach. And, and if you're not careful, case in point, they, they might end up with having to pay twice for something they've already paid for. Or, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's a challenge, isn't it? I guess the, the takeaway, as I see it, is that whatever you're doing in terms of if you're being asked to pay for anything, before it is vested in your property. You have to have a security of some sort. Having it in the contract saying that I'm gonna make an advance payment of 20% is part of the audit trail. It's not actually gonna help you out in, in the long run because if, if you haven't actually got certificates or a bond, so a certificate saying that, that material is specifically mine or you haven't got a bond which you can call on to recover some of the cost, effectively with that advance payment of sorts, you are transacting X amount of money out of your business and taking a risk. So coming back around, I guess vesting certificates are 
critical really as a way to reduce your risk all developers should know what they are and be able to use them and if you're not going to use a vesting certificate and you're not going to have some kind of security i.e a bond then you have to go in with your eyes wide open that if you are making an advanced payment of sorts it is completely at risk is that a fair summary and assessment i think i think that's a very good summary paul so you see the junior qs he's all, he's, 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 he's all right isn't he the junior qs has done okay he's, he's at least understood that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, was, he must have had something <laughs> i uh I, I, I give up with you jason i've tried i've tried my best over the years to try and impress you but i still get dug out every time don't i <laughs> i'm gonna have to come round to that house of yours i'm gonna have to beat you silly at darts and that's the that's the, that's the only solution to all of this well, I, I see you've got the board behind you there, or on the other wall. So you must have been practicing. I have, I've got the board on the other wall, so I've got I've been practicing, and uh, I'm going to have to come round and uh, give you a good beating on the darts. On the forward. <laughs> well, excellent, Jason. I think um, that was a really good chat, and I uh, I look forward to chatting to you in the future. But for the next one, Paul, which is a nuance, we need to talk about retention of title clauses because they will come and bite people quite hard as well. Okay, excellent. Well, I will. Uh, I will make a note, and uh, next time we chat, retention of title clauses. It is Jason. Lovely. All right. Thanks very much. Lovely stuff. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye.